Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. On this episode, we are going to speak with Lindsay, who is our special correspondent at the AVMA Wellbeing Summit. So we're going to hear all the details about that and hear all the great things she has to share about that experience. And then we also are going to hear of a fail by Maria, a parenting fail. We've got a win by Anne, and then Lindsay has a great hack for us. So join us as we go beyond the stethoscope. Welcome to DVM Divas Beyond the Stethoscope. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is dominated by women. In fact, we make up over 60% of the workforce, and that number just keeps growing. But it's not just the numbers that are growing. Our stress and frustration levels are climbing at exponential rates. Between social media challenges, public misconceptions, and the constant competition with Dr. Google, we're finding it harder and harder to be happy and fulfilled veterinary women. Because of this, depression and suicide rates are at all-time highs in our little corner of the world. And in order to help us combat these things, we need an outlet. We need a safe place where we can open up and discuss all of the issues that we are currently struggling with. So listen along as we, the DVM Divas, discuss our trials and our troubles, as well as celebrate our wins and accomplishments. And join us as we forever test the limits of what it means to be a badass woman in the veterinary industry. So, who are we? Well, I'm Melissa. I'm a Kansas State grad and have been practicing for nearly 20 years. I have a mixed animal practice with my husband and one other partner, and I'm a mom to three very busy kids, one in elementary, one in middle school, and one in high school. Hi, I'm Annie. I too am a wife and a mama and a veterinarian. I am a Washington State grad that has done a little bit of everything as far as veterinary medicine is concerned. I'm really excited to be here, share my story, and get to hear your stories as well. My name is Maria. I am a full-time small animal veterinarian and a full-time mom to two beautiful little boys. Currently, I am practicing on the East Coast after trying our luck on the Front Range in Colorado for a year. After missing our family and of course the delicious food and the beautiful ocean, we decided to come back to Jersey where we are finally home. Follow us on Instagram at DVMDivas. Like us on Facebook and join our group at DVMDivas Beyond the Stethoscope. Want to discuss something or interested in being a guest? Email us at admin at dvmdivas.com or comment on one of our social media profiles. We hope you will come along and leave your stethoscopes at work and join us. Laugh with us, cry with us as we take this profession back from discontent. Grow with us as we remember why we ever wanted to be veterinarians in the first place. All right. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, Lindsay. We are so great to have you back on again. And for those of you who have been following along on the blog, Lindsay has been submitting lots of great pieces for your reading pleasure. And we are so grateful to her for that. Been great kind of getting new voices and not just ours. So thank you for, for contributing to that. But so let's just get right into today's hot topic and tell us all about the AVMA Wellbeing Summit that you just went to. All right. Well, yeah, thanks for uh, having me back, guys. This has been a great experience. I've been loving the blogging and everything like that. It's just really nice to get my opinions and thoughts out there. So really appreciate it. Yeah, this AVMA Wellbeing Summit, I didn't even know it existed 
four months ago. I mean, and a lot of people that I've talked to didn't know that it existed either. Um, I just happened to be reading through one of our JAVMAs one day. Um, I don't often read through them because <laughs> they come so frequently. I was flipping through the JAVMA and I came across the advertisement for the Wellbeing Summit um, and it said it's sixth annual. So it's been going on for six years and I hadn't even heard anything about it. I mean, I, I haven't even heard a mention of it at the regular annual convention. So I was just completely floored. It took place this uh, past weekend, I think November 17th through 19th, up in uh, Rosemont, Illinois, so over by O'Hare Airport in Chicago. I decided to make the six-hour trek up there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I was questioning everybody, if anybody had heard about it, I mean, I questioned you guys to see if you were going, and all of you guys were like, what are you talking about? questioned some of my old vet school friends. They'd never heard of it either. I even went online uh, to our mom's Facebook group and never really got a response from anyone. So I was just really, yeah, floored. Um, so I kind of skeptical, should I go? Should I not go? Should I pay the money to go? Eh, do I want to pay for a hotel? You know, things like that. And my husband's just like, just go. Just find <laughs> out what it's about. Just go. So I went. Luckily, I have a old vet school friend that lives up there. And so she let me kind of uh, invade their house for the weekend. Um, her family's great. But yeah, I ended up going and it was amazing. It was great. I mean, the things that I learned there, I mean, it's not just veterinarians that go. There's actual mm. psychiatrists that go, veterinary mm. students go, faculty goes. I mean, you name it. Um, there were even some human medical professionals that were there and it was just a bunch of different people. And I think when they started out their first year, I think they said they had under a hundred people, maybe even under 50 people that attended. And now in their sixth year, we had, I think over 200 is what they mentioned. So it's grown, but it's not huge yet, but right. it did get a lot bigger. Just being there, you learn that you're not alone and feeling the way that we feel and the issues that we come across. First of all, we realize it's not just in veterinary medicine, human medicine. It's been going on for years also, but they're trying to get stuff done. I didn't realize that they're starting to implement some things into veterinary schools. Right now, it seems like they're kind of focusing on teaching veterinary students about well-being once they get out. Um, I'm really hoping that they start maybe having a focus on us veterinarians that are already out. Yeah. I feel like that's where a big problem is. I noticed that they there was so much mentioning about veterinary students, which I get, but hoping that they don't forget about us that are already out and are already in this. I mean, I've already posted a, a short little blog about it, nothing huge and in depth, but a short little one. And the three things that I mainly noted in it is that we're not alone in feeling this way. And we just, we need to realize that there are other people out there. And I think that's what our website and our blogs and our podcasts are trying to get across to people. Like you are not alone. And uh, secondly, it's okay. Feel the way you feel. And it's okay to admit that you feel that way. And then also that do something about it. Don't be afraid to seek help. It doesn't make you any less intelligent. It doesn't make you any less able to do your job. That's the big stigma around well-being in medical professionals is that if we admit that we are having these issues that we can't do our job then 
And that's just not the truth. But those are the big three things that I took from it. What it starts with is you start out with a big uh, main meeting and you have a bunch of main speakers that speak to everyone at the same time. So either over a lunch or something like that. And then you split off into basically kind of like conference, like CE sessions Mm -hmm. sort of things where you get to choose which one you go to. Um, And then you come back kind of in the main ballroom and listen to another main lecture and things like that. And all meals were provided, um, which was kind of nice, snacks and everything like that. So it was really, really nice. Do you feel you would go back? I I would love to go back and I would urge you guys to try it out next year. Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised that they don't like market it more. I've not heard much about it and I just I'm just surprised on that, I guess. Yeah, I, I do recall when I was at the AVMA convention in Washington, DC, there was a well-being area right outside the exhibit hall. But I I mean all they had, they had like water bottles up for you to use, and then they had like an area where you could get your blood drawn and your chemistry panel check things like that so I just thought that's what it was yoga mats for their yoga mats <laughs> I think they actually did have yoga mats but apparently it's like all connected the same people organize that as they do the summit so mm-hmm. hmm. interesting like what did they talk about during these lectures well the one that really sparked my interest right off the bat it was by um, a doctor Elizabeth Strand she's a psychiatrist and the first thing that she talked about she kind of just broke down what your mind is like when you start getting stressed and when you can't control your emotions and when you flip your lid as she so said did she use the hand model did yes oh do you know i do know the hand model i know of her yeah so they had so they had her speaking yeah she's pretty big and like oh she was wonderful i went to another one of her lectures i chose to go to another one of her lectures and the one that the lectures that she did the lecture that i also went to was about the five different personalities and Mm -hmm. learning which personality you are. And so then kind of, you know, figure out your surrounding and how to control your personality or improve your personality. And then, you know, when you run into other people with another type of personality, how to be able to interact with them without getting into conflict. So that one was really nice to hear. Basically her two lectures, the reason why she really struck me the most was because it didn't just hit me in my professional life, but it's also hitting me in my personal life right now too. Controlling emotions and things like that just is really hitting close to home. So I really, I really got a lot out of her lectures, how we're all born with a personality and they've done so much research on twins, how like identical twins, they each act completely different. They can, one can be more outgoing and one isn't and they're identical twins. So the theory is that we are born with a personality and then it just gets tweaked throughout our lives by stuff that happens in our lives, which are called aces. If you have too many aces, which are like negative impacts in our life, you can become a psychopath. <laughs> but if you have two or less, that's normal. You just personality is tweaked for the rest of your life. So she is part of the University of Tennessee. Is it University of Tennessee? Uh, yeah. Yeah. University. Of Tennessee. So they have the veterinary social work program there. So for licensed social workers, they can then go on and get a certificate specializing in veterinary social work specifically. When I was with Dr. Goldberg, who's a veterinary social worker, um, she is kind of been affiliated with their program, but they are really making strides in bringing mental health professionals into the veterinary world that have knowledge, specialized knowledge of the stresses that are unique to our profession. Do we have the corner on 
on stress? Absolutely not. But there are things that are definitely unique to us as veterinarians, you know, mainly euthanasia, end of life and that sort of thing. But so yeah, Elizabeth Strand has been, she's, she's kind of the guru and, and the orchestrator of that. And um, I was digging through their website not very long ago and they actually have a program that they're just starting where you can either as a veterinarian or you can send a technician or somebody, animal professionals, I think they call it. And you can kind of get some training. It's a whole program. It takes a while. Several different modules that you do over the course of a couple of years. And, but you can get, I mean, obviously you would never be, you wouldn't be a licensed social worker by any means. I mean, it's not that specialized, but it can, you know, if you live in an area where perhaps you don't have access to a social worker or a veterinary social worker, you can kind of get some training. You said, if you have a veterinarian or an associate or a tech even that wants some more training in it, that they have this sort of certificate program that you can do. It, it was very intriguing. They're just launching it now. So I'm be curious to see how that goes and follow that a little bit. Is it online or is it in person? It's a, it's mostly online, but from what I could tell, there are a couple times of like maybe once a year or at some, like two to three times within the program, you do need to go to like a two to three day seminar type. Is it to help clients or help staff or both or? Both. Okay, cool. And the thought is if you have somebody in your practice that is trained to helping clients through their grief, through their anger, through their frustrations, that will in turn also help the veterinarians and the veterinary support team because it takes some of the weight off of our shoulders because we are not trained as veterinarians to be grief counselors. We are not trained to be anger management people. Like that is not our thing typically now maybe some are and so that puts it that extra stress and burden on us to also try to diffuse these very high stress situations but if you give somebody some tools on how to effectively do that 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 could ease up some of the stressors for you said veterinarians and their technicians and the whole veterinary team and also then yes if people on the team are having personal struggles and issues now granted you still need to go see like a mental health professional like this is not going to take that place this is not we are not becoming therapists and licensed psychiatrists you know we're, that's not happening but it's just giving you a few more building blocks a few more tools to be able to help with some of these situations. So I am envious of you, Lindsay, that you got to listen to Elizabeth Strand because I have heard a lot about her and I think she is a pioneer in this, in the veterinary social work field. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a reason why they had her go first because <laughs> I mean, she just caught my interest and I just loved it. I think like right after I heard her first uh, lectures when I messaged all you guys, you gotta do this next year. Hopefully she's there. Most likely yeah. will be. So, I mean, there were other things that were talked about. I mean, this was a three day experience and two of the days were half days and the day in the middle was a complete full day of just lectures about well-being. Um, you know, for people out there that are, are wondering, they did uh, emphasize a lot about uh, suicide. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like prevention, but just kind of how to recognize it, recognize signs, you know, how to give some help. Um, they discuss the QPR of suicide prevention, I guess you could say, which QPR stands for questioning, persuading, and refer. So you definitely start noticing signs that someone might be thinking about it. You start questioning them to get them to admit it. And then once they admit it, you need to persuade them not to somehow. And then 
you need to refer them to help because that's not your job. Right. <laughs> right. Their theory is, is that if you offer that to someone that's having thoughts that it has decreased the likelihood that they will actually go through with it. So not just ignoring and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, you know, they're probably just fine. Like actually getting up and, and having them admit one way or the other if they're thinking about it. So it was very interesting. I didn't take so much out of that. A lot of people probably did. So probably a lot of people there have had some thoughts in that regard. And that is okay. Yes. Um, they said that, you know, everybody, they're like, even though people, they don't act on it, at least everybody has had some thought at some point about it. You know, not meaning that that's bad. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, and it could just be like a fly by your seat, you know, wonder what it would be like if, you know, and then you, I mean, you don't think anymore about it. The majority of people have thought of it that way. You know, we're always talking about this. We're always talking about this in our Facebook groups and we're always talking about well-being on here and with our coworkers and our spouses and our friends and everything. And I just didn't realize that actually a big organization that's supporting us veterinarians is doing this. So I don't know. letting them know that letting them know that we didn't know that this existed you know if they could somehow get the word out a little bit better they should be fostering it all over the avma convention (laughs) i can't believe they don't advertise it more like i know you said they focus a lot on vet students there which because my concern is that we're already facing such a high suicide rate i don't know if it's getting worse from the students that i talk to it's already getting worse than it was we all went to school and it worries me that our suicide rate is going to go up. And I just think this is something that needs to be brought up like by the ABMA even more. I wonder if part of the reason of focusing on students is you have a captive audience. You know, the rest of us are spread out all over the world. We're all busy. We're all doing 10 million other things. So if you can focus on that four years when they've got you, ingrain it then. I think they're just hoping to decrease those numbers as time goes on. Yes, the whole profession needs help, but if you can start it then, I think you'll have greater impact because your footprint will be bigger. Yeah, and that's what I mean when I said that I completely get that they're starting in veterinary school. The only issue I had is that AVMA over the past couple of years has actually done a survey for veterinarians that are out working and what our stressors are and what's causing more reasons for suicide and things like that. And one of the number one reasons is financial insecurity. Yes. And so, I mean, you can go and you can talk to the students all you want, but they're still going to graduate with that debt. And that's the main horrible well-being. It's not even that they took a handle. Okay, these people are coming out with so much debt. Let's take a handle on it. It's going up. It's ridiculous. If that's the one of the highest reasons why, why are they making it work? You know, make the interest rates more reasonable and we'll pay it off. You will get your money. Or maybe we should be lobbying to the federal government about loan forgiveness. Like true loan forgiveness, not you have to pay $200,000 in taxes. I know there are some like rural veterinarians, loan forgiveness programs, but those are not perfect. And not everybody wants to go work in a rural area. I mean, I get that. It's hard to live in a rural area. I don't know all the details, but it seems like I read an article a while back that in like the human medical world, loan forgiveness is a lot more common. There's a lot more 
MDs that are getting their student loans forgiven after 10 years, 15 years. I, I don't know all the specifics on it, but it seems like there are some loopholes in some of the legislation that have excluded veterinarians from that. And I think these are things that we need to start investigating. We need to be more proactive about. I mean, it's one thing just to put all of the responsibility on the veterinary schools. That's kind of the easy target to say, you need to fix it. You need to make it cheaper. You need to make it more affordable. But I'm sure, I mean, it costs money. Technology is expensive and we require so much technology now to learn. Information is coming in so fast and so quickly to be able to keep up with that information, to be able to get professors and clinicians. And there's no one solution and there's no one right answer, but it can't only be coming from, oh, the vet schools need to fix their tuition. You know, that's one thing I think, yes, we do need to talk about that, but there's got to be other solutions as well. And we need to start thinking outside the box. Problem is we can talk about well-being. We can talk about how to change our mindset. We can talk about what we can do for ourselves. But we're not actually solving the problem. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But how can you solve the problem when you tell somebody, okay, we have to think differently. Yeah, it gets us through the period, but the problem's still there. Yeah, but if you can really get in and shift not just how somebody thinks in the short term, but really get in and get into their not psyche. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know the right words, but if you can really get in and teach them in vet school through CE, whatever, how to, you know, shift to a more open mindset rather than a fixed mindset. I mean, they've proven time and time again with high achievers that that's how their brain works. You know, they don't take failure as failure and be all end all. They take failure as, well, I learned something today lost a little bit of money, that company didn't go well, whatever, I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to get back up and try again tomorrow. And so I think that is a key piece. And you're right, it's not going to fix everything, but it could be a way to start to fix it, to get people to start thinking about how can I fix my profession? How can I pitch in and help out? How can I take my profession, dust its knees off and, you know, get it going again? I find myself, and I've, I've been so guilty of this, of kind of playing into the doom and gloom picture and in getting kind of sucked down that very negative tunnel of, oh, this profession sucks. I, I need out. I can't, you know, just all of that. I'm now recognizing that, man, that's just not a healthy place to be in. And not to minimize our stressors because our stressors are there, but I think we do need to start thinking about ways to deal with them and handle them because the stressors aren't going away. The the stressful cases, the difficult clients, negative online reviews and social media, and all, those things are all just gonna be there. And so we need to start coming up with ways to make ourselves more resilient and more mentally capable of dealing with it and being like, you know what? Yeah, there's some stresses because we can say we're going to get out of the profession and we're going to go do something else, but odds are you're going to find stresses in those other places as well. And so, yes, one of those stressors is financial insecurity. One of those major stressors is debt and student loan debt. And we need, that has to be put towards the top. That does need to be a priority. We need to fix that problem. But beyond that, it's more than just that, you know, because I know there's lots of people who are financially secure. They actually aren't struggling with student loan debt. They aren't struggling with those things. They're farther along in their careers. They're practice owners. They're, you know, financially they're successful and they're still struggling and they're still killing themselves and they're still 
having failed relationships and they're, you know, having substance abuse and those things are still happening. So it's, that's one part of it, but that's not the only part of it. I don't want to be the doom and gloom anymore. Well, every time you doom and gloom, I'm going to make a frowny face at you. So you'll know. (laughs) Accountability. That's what we need more accountability. (laughs) I've wanted to be that since I was like born. I feel very trapped and I feel like I'm in prison, if that's the best way to put it, because I feel like if I didn't have the financial burden, I would be able to just enjoy working. But every day I work, I know it's like a constant cloud over my head. Like I I have to go to work because if I don't go to work, I can't pay my loans and they just keep getting bigger no matter what I do. So to me, it's it's a very negative energy. Not at work because I love my staff and they're amazing and they're wonderful. It's just a very negative energy, the veterinary profession. And I will say this, thinking that there's something else I can do with my degree and not even just with my degree with helping other people. And this, I'm very happy. And it just has helped me tremendously because I feel like even if it's just us talking and getting it out there and having other people listen and being like, oh yeah, I felt that way too. And that's a good point. Or, oh, I didn't think about that. That makes me feel like, yes, I'm using my knowledge and my degree for something else. And what like a light stating that, you know, there may be a way out, maybe not even financially, but like make me enjoy it again. So the solution is we need to to get microphones for every practicing DVM. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, one of the fellow DVMs in my practice would probably blow it up with a shotgun. Like she <laughs> I don't think I really want to hear from every vet. <laughs> But I do think like you need to find yourself in the profession to find something that even if it's not your job, even if it's not something that you would think you would ever be doing, it's something that to bring light into your field to make you feel a little bit better about what you're doing. Will I always be a practicing veterinarian? Probably not. And that's okay. But you know what? Who knows what tomorrow will hold? And this has brought in a big light knowing that I'm not stuck anymore. I'm not in prison anymore. Even if this doesn't go anywhere, at least I know that it's there. Yeah. It does help when you go into the exam room and you kind of reframe it as you're looking for content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, ooh, this would make a great podcast topic or a great blog topic or a great something. <laughs> Even just with some of the social media groups, you know, some of the Facebook groups, it's like, oh, I can't wait to share this story, you know? And so there is sort of that networking, that kind of cohesiveness that we talked about previously, kind of building on that. And I think that's maybe what you're getting at, Maria, is that making these connections with one another and talking about it and, you know, doing all of these things, you said, Lindsay, is we're not alone. And we recognizing that we've all been feeling these things and getting them out in the open and think now the next step is now that we know that and now that we're learning that is, okay, well, now what? What do we do with this information? I do think that if we want the AVMA to advertise more, I do think that they should have real life that's there going through it, trying to help change the profession. So AVMA, if you are listening, I am proposing that you have us come as the DVM Diva to talk about well-being and what we're trying to do to make our profession better. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> Brought to you by DVM Divas Beyond the Stethoscope. Well, you, you guys are right. I mean, the, the main speakers there, at least for the main um, lectures, were all kind of like psychiatric professionals and MDs and things like that. And in the smaller lectures, there's been some more people kind of more in our tier. One of the lectures I went to was a fellow, just regular general practice veterinarian that fell low. I mean, he got so stressed out and he had a very low time in his life.
life and he came back from it and he actually started a company. Oh, is that Quincy? Yes. Quincy is awesome. He is such yeah. a good speaker. He is awesome. And his story yeah. is amazing. His wife is um, a veterinarian also. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of Summit, I think, did they have breakout sessions to help brainstorm for what to do? Did they have any of that? Or was it more like pulling from these other people? Yeah, well, they called them breakout sessions, but they were basically just, you know, hour long lecture type things like what you would get at a CE conference. Um, yeah. So maybe that's kind of in the works for future dates. Maybe they will plan on having more stuff like that. I mean, some of the breakout sessions were interactive. They'd have us you know, fill out paperwork, figure out our personalities, yeah. answer questions. They'd have you like talk to the person next to you, you know, things like that. I wish I wouldn't have missed it from what you're telling me, Lindsay. Now that I know about it, and I'm sure they have, I would imagine if they don't already, they probably have their date set for next year. I can't find it on the internet yet. Okay. So we'll do some research. If those dates are available by the time this airs, we will make sure that we include it in the show notes. So for those who are thinking they might want to go next year, we'll go ahead and we'll try to get that link in there. If it's there, if they haven't announced it yet, we'll announce it when it comes out. We'll be on the lookout for it. Um, and we'll be sure to bring it back up then because it sounds like it's all of the things that we keep talking about. It's all of the, what do we do now? How do we move forward? And that's what we need more of. We need more of that. We need to do maybe a little less negative Nancy. And I include myself in that 1000%. I am just as guilty as everybody else on that and start looking towards, well, now what, what are some steps that we can actually do to start making things better. And I think attending summits and talking about it, we have friends and colleagues that go asking them, how was it? What did you learn? Bringing those back to your practices, bringing those ideas back to your team. Lindsay, thank you for going. And hopefully next year we can all go together, whether formally or just as a group of friends. I really hope you get extra credit for bringing a friend and then you'll bring three. I would also like to encourage, you know, since we have and no idea that this existed. Anybody knows of any other national type of convention or summit for well-being and it may or may not be associated with AVMA or it may be associated with some other convention or something like that to let us know because mm -hmm. yeah, they have the type of information so that they have the opportunities to go to these. This one was really worthwhile. And maybe that's something that we can look at making a page on our site, on the website as, as resources of events and, you know, seminars or anything, you know, that's maybe outside of the big conferences, you know, that start gathering some of these resources. So again, yes, listeners, if you know of something that you have attended or you've heard great reviews about and you want to get the word out, no matter where you live, let us know. You know what? We'll get a page together. We'll put Lindsay's information from the Wellbeing Summit and then we can put like different events. That's the whole point of this. That's why we're doing what we're doing is to bring all of the resources available to us, to everybody, to make things easy to find. Thank you, Lindsay. And if you share with us an event, you may or may not be in the running for one of our brand new hot off the press stickers. You can be in the wedding for one of our awesome new stickers. They did come out good. They came out amazing. I'm like, I'm like so excited about them. I'm like, I'm going to stick them everywhere. I haven't stuck it anywhere because I don't know where I want to put it yet. 
I was going to get a water bottle. If you want to be cool, Maria, like all the teenage girls, you're going to get a hydro flask and you're going to put it on that. I was going to say, I don't even know what that is. Because you don't have teenage daughters. So we're not sponsored by hydro flask. So I'm not going to give them too many like shout outs, but it's a water bottle. It holds water. And stickers. It, it's a canvas for your stickers. That's what it is. So anyway, well, ladies, I think this has been a great topic as far as things that are available to us that maybe we don't always know about. And the summits, the conferences, the seminars, the meetings, the conversations that need to be had and the events that we need to be going to. You know, and I have noticed as I've gone to just the regular CE conferences that the people that put those conferences on are making more of an effort to bring in more wellness and, you know, make that a part of the schedule and a part of the curriculum and and they are making legitimate strides to do that. And that is fantastic. But if you want to go a step beyond, if you want to really, you know, dive deeper into it, there are options for you. Things like the AVMA well-being summit are things that maybe we should be talking more about. And so again, thank you, Lindsay, for putting yourself out there. Thank you to your husband for convincing you to just go do it anyway. And uh, to your friend who let you stay at her house for the weekend. And and the AVMA Wellbeing Summit 2020. Keep a lookout for the DVM Divas. We're coming your way whether you want us to or not. So why don't we move on just a little bit now? And I think we need to hear from Maria and her epic mom fail. I already know what it is. So I can say that. So my son's turning two and I'm extremely excited because we are now back in New Jersey. So we are able to celebrate his second birthday with family with my oldest. We weren't able to So it was like, let me order the invitations because I have to get these out by next week. So I filled everything out real quick, ordered them. Awesome. I come home and Steve goes, what's your phone number? And I set it off. I was like, well, that's stupid. Like, why are you asking me that question? And he looks, because you put the wrong number on the invitation. I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, that is wrong. And I remember when I'm filling out the invitation that as I was filling it out, I actually had to think of what my number was. Obviously I thought wrong and I didn't question it because I was rushing to get it done. So then I called my mom and I was like, what do I do? Because everybody that's going really knows my number. So do I just send it out? And if anybody says anything, be like, oh, that's funny. Because I'll be honest, this is not the first time I messed up a birthday invitation with my oldest. I put it was on a Sunday when it was actually on a Saturday. So this is minor for me, I guess. But she's like, you have to print out a little card and put it in the envelope so that way people know. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I just set the invitations out. If somebody doesn't answer me, I'll just expect them to not come. You asked us what you should do. And we were like, just cross it out and like right over the top. That would have been our solution. I was going to do it, but then it's like, pointing out that I made a mistake and it's not the first time I've made a mistake on them. Right. But, but think of all those other mothers that are opening those, they would look at it, be like, oh yeah, she's done what we've done, you know? And would be like, I would just be impressed that you sent an invitation right? and not a group text. So many people now are just doing it online. Like I think so far, all of the, my girls have gotten have Facebook invitations or I have to say, I absolutely hate that because then I don't have anything physical to be like, you have a party this day. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, because honestly, if I don't have it on my fridge, I said I would probably forget about it next Sunday. So I can't deal with the evites. I just don't like them. And then I don't have anything to put in the scrapbook. Scrapbook? 
You make a scrapbook when your kid goes to some other kid's party? Mine go in the trash. No, for mine. <laughs> oh, valid. Yeah. You lost me at scrapbook. Me too. So that's my fail. But we've all done that, right? I mean, we've all had some. I can't manage to print an invitation, so. Your fail is still three steps ahead of what I would consider my fail. So your, your win had a slight fail. How about that? <laughs> That's what it is. I did get 35% off my next order because I called the company and complained. You blamed them? How do they give you money because you messed up? Because it's a great company. I love this company. I get all my like cards. Okay, now you have to tell us who it is. You're not sponsored by them. This isn't an ad. No, but if they want to sponsor us, that would be great. We'll tell everyone how wonderful they are, but it's simply to impress. Oh, I've heard of them. It's very high quality stuff. And it's like right now all their Christmas cards are 50% off. So let me get this right. So simply to impress, you contacted them with your mistake of I messed up. I put the wrong phone number. I deserve money back. And they said yes. They're not doing things the way veterinary clinics do things. I'm just going to say that because let's just say this was one of our clients and they'd be like, yeah, I didn't give my dog heartworm preventative and they got heartworms and I think you should pay for the treatment. We'd be like, okay. No, they would get 35% off the treatment. 35% off the treatment. We wouldn't pay for the whole thing. Okay. We've just determined that Maria had kind of a fail that led to a win because she turned her fail into an economical win thanks to simply to impress.com. But let's move on. So we're going to move on to Lindsay's hack. So Lindsay, you said you have a hack to share with us tonight. I do have a hack. And I realized it was a hack after I finished unpacking this past weekend. I actually got it from my mother-in-law. So I give her kudos if she's listening right now. So for traveling, for packing, my mother-in-law and her husband now uh, that they're retired, they are traveling a lot. And especially overseas, can't ever guarantee that you're going to have the medicine that you want when you're in another country, right? So you always want to make sure you bring medicine that you use on a normal basis or could possibly use and a way to keep it nice and contained and so you're not bringing like tons of different boxes with you. She actually would buy the little containers that have Sunday through Saturday on it, you know, that your individual pill. But instead of, you know, I mean, you can use them for your individual days or whatever, but buy an extra one and put in like Tylenol in one cubby and ibuprofen in another, Benadryl in one. And then write on it with a permanent marker. And I filled ours with our Greece trip in 2016. So, and it's still full. Like I haven't used all of it in all of our travels yet. So what's embarrassing is my system is I have, I don't know, I think it was a bottle of Aleve and I have all of my stuff in that bottle in no particular order. So it's like lottery of, I think that's ibuprofen. I think that's Pepsid. I'm not going to lie. I have actually Googled because there is app, there are websites you could go to, to identify pills and you can go by the imprint on the pill or the shape or Mm -hmm. the size or the color. And because I was like, I don't know, that could be Pepsid, that could be Imodium, could be Metronidazole. I don't know. (laughs) So that system, Lindsay, would be a lot more, it'd be better. Next year at Wellbeing Summit, if I get a headache, I'm asking Lindsay. I am not asking Melissa. On that note, Anne, Anne, would you share your win with us today? 
So my mom went, we've had a lot going on. It's been hunting season. We've been traveling a lot. We actually stopped traveling right before the holidays, which is odd. Um, so my girls have been asking for months to get to go to the zoo. And so yesterday I was like, yes, we'll go to the zoo. So that was my mom went. I said, yes, we went to the zoo. So I told them we could go yesterday. So then this morning, of course, I was like, oh, I have dishes. I have laundry because the zoo's like a 45 minute hour drive one way. So to like go and then like see the zoo and the zoo's outside and it was kind of cold today. It was like 40 when we got there and it's an outdoor zoo. And then not all the animals are out, you know, because it's cold and they live in warmer environments normally. So I was kind of crabby about it. But I was like, you know what? I promised. I promised we were going to the zoo. So we ate lunch, loaded up, drove to the zoo. And it was actually a wonderful day. It was really fun. The girls had a blast. Nobody else was at the zoo. Parked right by the gate, ran right in, ran around the zoo. The girls were surprisingly good until the three-year-old wanted something from the gift store. And then we just left. So your mom, Wynn, was saying yes to the zoo and no to the gift store. Yes. I don't know if that was a win or not, but yeah. No, that I, I struggle with saying yes. And there's times I just knee jerk say no. Yeah. Why did I say no? I, and I, but I just say no. Right. Yeah. Saying yes is a challenge and I need to probably do more of it. I need, well, no, let me back up. I need to say yes to my family more. I feel like I say yes to everybody else. Yeah. And don't say yes to my family enough. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for sharing, Maria, your fail of um, not knowing your phone number. <laughs> Lindsay, a travel hack that I definitely need to start utilizing. And, and a win that also I should probably utilize more of. So for me personally, <laughs> I've learned a lot this episode. And again, Lindsay, thanks for sharing all of your experiences at the AVMA Wellbeing Summit. And we will either provide the links in the show notes. If we don't have them ready for the show notes, we will. Um, we're going to work on building that page that has all those resources and hopefully get all that information up ASAP. And as always, you can reach us. All of our social media is pretty much dvmdivas.com at dvmdivas. Um, if you search dvmdivas on whatever social media platform you are on, you will probably find us. I hope, I, I hope you find us anyway. Email us at admin at dvmdivas.com. Uh, let us know what you want to talk about. Let us know your experiences with any of these well-being events. We are going to start getting our stickers out soon. And, and did you have a little preview of a sticker? So if you're listening what we're about to see on the video version is Anne's going to give us a very, very fast sneak peek at the newest sticker. I can get them like unwrapped. Oh, you were still really small for me. I didn't see it. Melissa said I was supposed to do a quick preview. That was the point. I'll show you in a minute, but this is for the video. It's a teaser. You are teasing me, Anne. <laughs> it may or may not have something to do with rainbows coming out of certain female body parts. If you don't know what that means, you should go to episode number three and listen to how Melissa broke the internet. With that, thanks for joining us on this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Please continue to listen. And if it so moved you, please rate 
review and share on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. It really does help us out. And we really appreciate all of the support that you guys are giving us. And with that, we will talk to you on the next